Hey fam, we at Llama Leadership take resiliency seriously and we are going on a short vacation. But don't worry, over the next several weeks, we will continue to deliver new content in the form of Llama Leadership Thoughts while revisiting and rebooting some of our favorite past episodes. We are so grateful for your continued support and we look forward to bringing you more brand new and value-added long-form discussions in August. As always, be safe, stay healthy, keep growing, and for now, Llama's out. Yo, welcome back to the Llama Lounge, a dialogue on all things life, learning, and leadership. I'm Joe Bogdan. I have with me one of my brothers back in the lounge with me today, the 8th Fighter Wing at Kunsan Air Base in the Republic of Korea's Command Chief Master Sergeant, the Wolf Chief, Ronnie Throwback Woods. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? What's going on? I'm happy to be back in the lounge, man. Just chilling out, spending some time with my brother, you know, talking about leadership talking about life talking about learning and and doing what we got to do man yeah I've, I've been super excited to have you on and you're the first return guest I, we've had on the show yeah. and, and i wanted you back on because i'll be honest with you i listened to that last episode the last discussion we had um more than one time more than two times you know yeah. like i put it on every now and then and i think a lot of people enjoyed that conversation and um it was just legit we we're just like going off the cuff and having a conversation so uh, i think that's what people want to hear and you know what man when, when i when i think back and look on that conversation i was in a kind of a weird space you know because i was in transition mm-hmm. you know at the moment i was actually on the way here and and it was like you know leaving the family you know thinking about taking on a new role and uh, just being able to sit back, you know, and actually talk to you and kind of kind of unpack like a lot of things that we were go- that I was going through was like mm-hmm. therapeutic for me, to be honest with you. Uh, so I appreciate this. And uh, I'm honored to be the first, you know, return <laughs> on, the, on the show. That's awesome, man. Yeah, bro. And, you know, one of the big reasons, you know, we need to have you back on because, like you said, you were in a transition mode at that point, and now you're the wolf chief, right? And oh, i yeah. already seen you doing some amazing things out there, just recognizing the teammates out there. You know, the wolf pack yeah. is in such great hands with you. So I just wanted to hear, man, how's it been? How's it been being the wolf chief? Oh, it's an honor, man. It's like, it's like the dream job. So, uh, like being here, it's crazy, man, because like you don't really like go to a school or, or go to training to do like to be the mayor, man. Like I'm the <laughs> mayor, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you walking around, you know, and everybody know who you are. Everybody want to ask you questions. Everybody want to take pictures and, mm-hmm. and spend some time with you. And like, I have no issue with that. Like I really mm-hmm. like feed off of other people and feed off the energy of them and really want to help them and, and talk to everyone and get to know them and just make them feel like, like they're the most important person to me at that moment. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm talking to people and it's been awesome. I'll be honest with you. I learn something new every day. I'm still learning and trying to adjust and, and fill in the position, but it's been awesome, bro. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what, what would you say some of the um, the highlights are, you know, so far? Because you, you've been here, there for a little bit now. What are some of the highlights that you would say that just jump out at you? Well, be honest with you, uh, when I when I look back on it and I reflect on like some of the some of the things that that we've done, I think like one of the highlights was, uh, uh, first of all, like uh, the change of command that we have. So mm-hmm. so change of commands like here at the Wolfpack, uh, one of the unique things is you switch out the entire leadership team. 
mm-hmm. every summer at the same time. So I think like just just changing out, you know, 13 squadron commanders, uh, all of the group commanders, and then the wing leadership, you know, and being part of that, that team, seeing the camaraderie and the connection that they had, and then looking at that almost like a challenge. Like, you know, we have mm-hmm. to come together and we have to adapt in a short period of time. Uh, that was definitely a highlight. I think uh, another highlight is uh, just kind of me getting my uh, social media feed started. So I started, you know, the A Fighter Wing Wolf Chief page yeah. and and really seeing how how popular and how much of a success that's been is uh, been a huge highlight. Uh, what else do we got out there? Um, I think the pandemic, uh, just us adjusting to, you know, uh, the coronavirus and the pandemic and how successful we've been, I think it's been like a huge highlight. Um, they have great processes and procedures out here with the way they handle things. And um, it's been it's been really good. Really good, bro. Man, yeah, you know, I was I was just thinking about you know, what you're talking about, how everybody switched out at once. And most Mm -hmm. of the time people would think that's not a good idea. You know, you want continuity and all that, but what you just brought up was a great point because if everybody sees it as a challenge, that team's going to melt quick. Right, right, right. So what, so what makes the Wolfpack very unique is it's always a fresh set of eyes. Mm -hmm. So it's always a fresh set of eyes. Now you do lose on the, on the continuity piece, right? So Mm kind of like deployments, you know, teams are like switching out all the time, but you always get a fresh set of eyes and you always see how you always see this team that kind of gelled over the course of two months, they Mm -hmm. gelled and they're doing so great. And then you swap it out with all these new people, right? Mm -hmm. You swap it out with all these new people, but everyone comes in wanting to, create that same magic that that team has and it does take time it takes time but uh people come in with new ideas new energy and it's just like an energy boost you know and that's one thing that a lot of installations don't get that you know that energy boost they're usually getting it you know every two to three years but here we're doing it every summer like every summer every key leadership position Mm -hmm. is being swapped out and you have to gel and we've been together for about about a month and a half, two months, mm-hmm. and we're, we're still, we're still, we're still finding it and getting to know each other and gelling and growing. But each and every day, like we're just starting to learn each other and better work with each other. And the positive impact, you know, is the people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, really doing what we can for the people and and making sure that they're taken care of in a very, very stressful environment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talk about challenges and you guys seen it as a challenge instead of just a butt pain you got to go through. I think that's that's powerful for the folks because you, you know, if the leadership team sees it that way, it's, it's amazing. Right. But you kind of touched on something because, you know, you normally go to an installation, you know, you, you know, you're going to be there maybe up to two years, you know, maybe right. longer depending on the situation um, as a chief. And you look at it and you're like, all right, I got some time. I'm going to get my feet wet. I'm going to figure out what's going on. But when you're at Kunsan, you're on a truncated timetable at this point, right? <laughs> you, you, you don't have the opportunity to say, I only been here a month. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. You got to figure it out real quick. And then you got the goals that you have in mind and the vision that you have as a leadership team to try to execute in a very short amount of time relatively, right? So what are some I'll goals? Tell, well, I'll tell you, bro, before I go into the question about goals, uh-huh. like, 
I was living proof of that. I was mm. like, I was, it was, I was day two on the job and I was getting all this stuff thrown at me. And I was <laughs> like, what, what have I got myself into? <laughs> and again, I can, I can handle tasks and, mm. and info with the best of them, bro. And I right. was just, I was totally overwhelmed. You know, like yeah. I was like, after the first week, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, man. Yeah. And, uh, and then each and every day, you know, as I kept that growth mindset, as I kept, you know, just learning and doing a lot of reading and learning and reading and learning and reading and, and getting to know everyone in their mission sets, uh, after a while, it slowly, you know, started to um, get better. Yeah, man, I could just imagine. I was just thinking back on this uh, uh, Richard Pryor movie back in the day when he just started working. Everybody's throwing everything at him. He's just trying to sharpen his pencil. He's like, I was just trying to sharpen my pencil. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it was uh, it was it was crazy because the base doesn't stop, and the base yeah. is is very unforgiving in terms of like you being new. Like you know, you got to get in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, my predecessor. Uh, Steve Sanov was just mm. a phenomenal leader, oh, yeah. and they and and they demanded the energy that he brought. They demanded that from me, like day mm-hmm. one, and I'm and I'm, and I'm happy that they did because you know it it helped me as a leader. Yeah, you know, I, I, I this is what I say. I, so when I went to Korea the last time, when I got to spend some time with you, right? Um, I well, I had some angst because I was coming back from a special duty and I went from tech sergeant leaving the engineer community, went to the Airman and Family Readiness Center, uh, made master and senior, and then got an assignment to OSAN, right? And, and there was a lot of stuff changed in CE. And I was thinking, what did I get myself into, right? I'm like, this right. is going to be, a, you know, I had some anxiety over that. And then when I got there, I realized it was the best thing that could have happened because I had no choice. I had no choice right. to pick it up as quick as possible because that is one, you know, Korea is some of the most rewarding assignments, but it's also the least forgiving in many ways too. You got to figure it out. And that's the thing, like with leaders, right? So when, when leaders enter those complex situations and, you know, I've read a million books, but like, like when you mm-hmm. in the arena, so when mm-hmm. you're in the arena and going through it, sometimes you even forget like the knowledge you learned in the books. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I kept reminding myself was to just be humble and take it all in. Like you're not going to have all of the answers, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to tell, you know, the people that you lead, you know, to um, help me grow as well like my job is to help you grow but i want you to help me grow right form me on everything that's going on help me with what right looks like and you know and that was my approach you know Mm because again like i told you like when we first started you don't go to school to lead you know be the enlisted leader for three thousand people you just Mm kind of get thrown in the mix and and you like learning on the fly like me learning things about dorms and infrastructure Mm -hmm. you know learning things about you know exceptional family member program you know uh with medical uh yes yes i'm an operator i know how to i know how to um get jets in the air you know and do battle management and all of that but Mm -hmm. all of those other things you know kind of had to take it in and uh like i said each and every day learn and uh and now that complex environment isn't as complex now you know I'm at a point, and I'm glad you want to ask me the question about goals, because I'm at a point now where I can start transitioning from, you know, that that observation phase mm-hmm. to getting after some of the things I want to get after because, you know, I got I got nine and a half months left. Right. Right. <laughs> That's how fast it moves. So now it's uh-huh. time to start getting after, 
you know, some of the things that I want to get after here. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, definitely want to get into some of the goals. Um, but, you know, we are talking about the humility and, and I think something else that I really, I remember looking back and I give advice to people that are, you know, going in an environment where they don't know a lot of stuff or, you know, they're coming back from a special duty or whatever that might be, that environment, you know, I tell them don't assimilate. You know what I mean? Like, don't just mm-hmm. fall into it. Like, be yourself. Bring your skills right. to whatever your position that you're going into right. because that's going to be authentic and that's what people need, right? They need the real you. Uh, and, and like you said, be humble. If you don't know, ask, right? I mean, I tell my people all the time, my seniors, my senior NCOs, I tell them, hey, I don't know everything. None of us in here know yeah. everything. But all together, we know a lot. Right. Together. Right. We know a lot. So we work together right. on those things. So, yeah, that's that, a, great a great point. That's a that's a great point. As I as I sit back, you know, and I reflect on, on this transition, you are absolutely right. Um, I didn't really think about it. But what you mm-hmm. just said is exactly what I was doing. I mm-hmm. came in. I was being myself. Uh, I was, you know, me, very people focused, very relationship focused, mm-hmm. all about developing others. And I doubt. I wore that. Down. I I hung my hat on that, you know, mm-hmm. as I was learning and showing humility with all of the other things that happens behind the scenes when it comes to taking care of people. Because just being just being nice, you know, being a wolf chief and smiling and kissing babies and shaking hands, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot more to it, you know, with, with right. taking care of our folks than that. And you know, I've been uh, day by day, bro. Yeah, loving it. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Like yeah, I said, yeah. I, I'm envious of, of the Wolfpack right now because they got you, and, and I'm envious that you know you're in such an amazing position. I, I hope I could be in one like that one day, man. It's, I could just, I oh, know man, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> a dream, man. Every yeah. day, man, it's a dream job. Yeah, for sure, man. So you got nine and a half months left. What What are some of your goals? What What, what do you got going on, man? What do you want to? What kind of change do you want to inspire out there for the positive for the people? Well, so um, really what I wanted to do first and foremost is really focus on, you know, the growth and development. So uh, so the growth and development that we have here. So it, we have a lot of developmental programs, but it's some programs that like I'm very passionate about that I wanted to institute here. So so one of the first things was uh, getting the Air Power Leadership Academy uh, yeah. course uh, started here. Um uh, they they have them at several different bases. It's also several different like variations that kind of mm-hmm. you know morph from kind of the um, the science of what they were doing with Air Power Leadership right. uh, Academy. I uh, also wanted to uh, get the Squadron Superintendent course a little more robust. You know, mm-hmm. uh, developing and growing our senior senior NCOs and getting them uh, uh, better equipped to be enlisted leaders. Yeah. Uh, been working with some uh, some agencies and some companies out there trying to get some virtual opp- opportunities for some of those classes and making their robust, you know, even great leaders like yourself. You know, at some point, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a invite you, you know, to, to speak some words of encouragement, you know, based off of your experiences in dealing with that. So so really, the first goal really is just to um, to to add to the great professional development programs we have. And don't get it twisted. Like we have a lot of great professional development programs here. Right, it, right. We have to take another hour for me to explain <laughs> to you all we do here because, you know, individuals come here by themselves, you know, and they want to get better. It's right. just like, like it's no different than a deployed environment. Like people have individual goals when they arrive and they just get after. Mm-hmm. So growth and development, 
the second thing that I really want to get after is um, enhancing our readiness. So one of the things that was impacted with us here with the pandemic is mm -hmm. we haven't been, you know, exercising our readiness. Then. Right. You've been to Korea before, mm -hmm. before, bro. That's what we do here. Like we, right. we be, we're ready. Like we, we take pride in saying we are ready than almost the rest of the Air Force. We're more ready. So, right. uh, really emphasizing that and getting us back into a battle rhythm where we can um where we can really uh do what we need to do to fight tonight and then also last but not least is just really enhancing uh our resilience programs here so so being that we're here and the operations tempo is extremely high Everyone's dealing with quality of life issues. Mm -hmm. Everyone's dealing with the coronavirus. Not really necessarily like social distancing here, but their families back home are dealing right. with the with the virus, and they're here and they can't do anything about it. You know, we have uh, civil unrest and racial equality right. uh, going on back in the states, and and our, our individuals here are affected in various ways. You know, um, mm -hmm. across the board with that. And they can't do anything about it, you know. And then you throw on all of that, and it's one of the, the highest op tempos in the Air Force. So one of my things I wanted to work on is just really enhancing our resiliency programs uh, here and making it more robust because I believe an environment here is where it's really needed, um, kind of similar to a deployed environment. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that's different between here and a deployed environment is you get to do all of the things that everyone else do. You know, you get to hang out, have fun, you mm. know, um, and do that. And and it's just uh it's just enhancing all of those. So those are really my three uh focus areas. Um I've been chipping away at them and, and developing my plan of attack. You know, um I'm aligning those with uh the wing commander, uh who we call the wolf. Uh, yeah. I've been aligning those with the wolf's priorities, uh making sure that I, and I, I communicate that well and, and back them up and, and go on from there. So, yeah, those are really my three goals. Um, I'll be honest with you, it takes probably two years to get at them that, the way I want to. So we got to right. put things really in overdrive. And I won't get too caught up in trying to um, accomplish them before I leave. Mm -hmm. I really want to do what uh, Steve Sanov did for me, which is really just – you know, lay the groundwork. So he right. was laying the groundwork and I want to put a few more bricks on the top, you know, for mm -hmm. work chief number 24. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you kind of go from there. Uh, Cause I don't, you know how it is. You know, if you try to rush through things, sometimes they won't come out as efficient as right. you want. So I won't get too caught up in trying to, you know, uh, get the Air Power Leadership Academy like mm -hmm. like out there by like May. If, if we can't make it happen by May, mm -hmm. no sweat. You know, yeah. I want to just inspire like our senior NCOs to kind of keep that thing going. Yeah, that's I mean, that's important because I think, you know, you, you got some solid goals. And what I've discovered is that, like you said, if you try to rush it, it's not going to work out as well. But also if you right. try to have too many goals, now you now you got none, you know, what I mean, because you got too many things that you're trying to do at one time right. and none of them are going right. to be effectively done. So I think it's right. awesome that you're going to do the Air Power Leadership Academy because I know when I was at Osan, um, shout out to Emo Avila and Jason Tricky that, you know, they, they asked me to come on with that. And 
I actually had an NCO that went there to that class. And that's what inspired the leaders of the future class that we created. And we, we sent out yeah. Um, yeah, just a, a modified version of it. And um, he was inspired by it and he wanted to create something similar. And, and, and it's just been great. So, um, yeah, I think that that's a that's a great forum to have. And it would. Yeah. Kunsan would absolutely get a lot of value out of that. Yeah, I think uh, it's a great environment here. Like I say, individuals come here day one with a growth mindset. So the mm -hmm. onus is on us as enlisted leaders to mm -hmm. have different platforms for them to go out and get better, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because they do spend a lot of time to themselves. Right. Uh, uh, I've been in quarantine. You're in quarantine right mm -hmm. now. And mm -hmm. And one of those one of those things is you want to stay active. You want to you want to continue to have that growth mindset, not have that fixed mindset. And uh, Air Power Leadership Academy, Leaders of the Future, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, those courses out there are just like it's very inspiring to our NCOs. Like I hear nothing but great things uh, about those courses, and, and we gonna we gonna build off of, of what you all done, and you know get it here, you know at the Wolfpack. Yeah. That'd be amazing, man. Yeah. I, I'm a Zoom call away, bro. I'm a Zoom call away. <laughs> um, you know, you're one of the first people I'm going to be reaching out to, man. Like you're just doing yeah. great things out there. I'm inspired by you all the time, bro. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you know, you, as you mentioned, I'm in quarantine right now and, you know, I was, I was just trying to really show that you can turn, this into an opportunity where you can bring a lot of right. value to yourself, you know? Right. So um, that's what I was really just, you know, the schedule I've been putting together myself is just trying to make sure I don't waste this opportunity. Right. And, um, right. and I know I've grown a ton since I don't, I just, I just talked to a neuroscientist yesterday and a master of mm -hmm. ethical influence. And I just, my mind has been blown like multiple times in these two weeks, you know what I mean? And being able to yeah. talk to you right now, I think it's just great. So I think it's real important that, um, that, you know, we, we we set the example for our folks that that you can turn any anything that could you know you could perceive as a butt pain or something you got to get through some some terrible obstacle that seems unsurmountable into an opportunity for growth man the obstacles is what made me the person i am mm -hmm. you know um as i reflect and i look back at every obstacle that i had you know some of them were self-inflicted. I'll be honest mm -hmm. with you. Some of them were self-inflicted. Some of them wasn't self-inflicted. And some of them revolved around the environment, mm -hmm. you know. But when you're in the arena, like, you don't, you can't tell the difference, mm -hmm. you know. And when you're in the arena and, you know, and you're going through your challenges, your obstacles, and you somehow, some way kind of figure that out, you know, and, and find your way out into a, a positive environment, it just makes you more hard and it makes you uh, an individual who is is prepped for when that happens the next time. And you can share that with others, you mm -hmm. know, um, share your story. That's why, you know, I love doing uh, having conversations like this where, you know, I can share my story of those challenges that you may have and you can grow and you can learn from it and, and just be a better overall person. Failure um, and, and learning and tripping and falling is part of the equation uh, mm -hmm. for us to grow as leaders. It's just part of it. You know, uh, far too many times 
us as leaders at all levels, we live in this risk adverse culture where we mm -hmm. feel, you know, we can't make mistakes, but right. you have to be willing uh, to make those mistakes. And then once you make those mistakes, you also have to be willing to accept the constructive criticism, you know, without being emotional about it, you know, right. uh, um, and be willing to grow. And, and I tell you, like, I've, like we're talking about me in a very complex job. It's been challenging. I've mm -hmm. made mistakes and I make those mistakes. I take it on the chin and I tell myself it ain't going to ever happen again. Yeah. You know, and then I grow as a leader and I share those stories with others. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you brought up mistakes because mistakes, like we said, like a lot of times we talk about failures and then we talk about mistakes. Sometimes right. we try to. Right they're the same thing, but sometimes they're not right. Depending on what the context of the situation is. But, you know, I, I, I always say, I'll I re, um, repeat what old commander told me. I was like, Hey, mistakes are cool. Just make sure they're commensurate with where you're at. So if you're a command chief, right. you should be making command chief mistakes. You know what I mean? Like right. those are, you, you right. know, everybody's allowed the mistakes at their level because right. that's how you learn. You know, if, if, right. if, 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 if throwback was making airman mistakes, then we got some problems, right? Then, then we got, got some got problems. problems. Yeah. Uh, then we, then bro, we got some bro. problems. <laughs> Throwback gonna be a senior master sergeant throwback. If I'm making uh I'm making airman mistakes, you know, but uh yeah, definitely you you definitely wanna, you know, make those mistakes at, at, at your level. And I would mm -hmm. tell you uh just to even be transparent, mm -hmm. you know, uh uh for for me and I hope maybe uh just to help others as they're going on that transition. One of the biggest challenges that I've had in the first two months is really going from the tactical level of leadership to the strategic mm -hmm. level of leadership. So yeah. I, last year around this time, I was a squadron superintendent. Right. So, you know, I see a problem, I fix a problem, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then a year later, now I see a problem. I can go fix the problem. <laughs> I can, but if I go fix the problem, then the individual who was who is me now where I was at last year, right. they're not, they're not getting to learn and grow and develop. So yeah. I have seen the power of the command chief email and that thing is, right. that thing is some power. Like I if can, you press yeah. send to AFPC, uh -huh. you know, you're going to get an answer back in like a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have had to take two steps back and say, all right, let your leader down at the tactical level Right. do their thing yes it's going to take a week when you can do it in half a day but you have to sit back you know and provide guidance mm -hmm. and for me being such a hands-on uh leader uh especially when it's affecting like people right you know uh like it's been very challenging for me to just sit back and kind of you ain't really watching the show but you are like you're just right. watching the show and you're sitting there you know if things get out of hand, you know, then you do that. But you're really just walking your leaders through uh, uh, what they need to do. And I would mm -hmm. tell you, for me, that's been extremely challenging because I see yeah. a problem. I want to fix a problem. Right. But now I see a problem and I got to, you know, I can't go, you know, I can't go screw it and, and fix it. I have right. to hand I have to hand the tools to the leader mm -hmm. so they can go screw it and fix it. And that's kind of, you know, that's the journey that I'm on, you know, uh, in terms of being a leader. And I think like, as we're all going through our journey as a leader, we have to be able to, yeah. you know, provide a platform for our individuals to grow, uh, 
make mistakes like we made. Mm -hmm. uh, so they can be prepared to be in the positions that we're in now. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And then also, you know, just that having that social intelligence to know that if you just went down there and fixed it or you made a call on someone's behalf, that can start causing some relationship issues. Right. I mean, some right. people will be like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, right. And I've seen that happen before and it never works out. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And that, that goes, that goes into, like I said, you know, making the mistakes, like, you mm -hmm. know, like, like me, like, um, those have been some of the, uh, I don't think it was characterized as a mistake, but as I reflect and, and, you know, give feedback to myself, I'm like, man, I was territorial as mm -hmm. a leader at the tactical level. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody from the top is going to fix something for my people, um, mm -hmm. uh, and not even give me a chance to get after it, right. you know, I'm going to feel a certain way. So, uh, mm -hmm. As again, like I said, growing and learning, like even mm -hmm. like just the last few weeks, I've gotten a lot better at, you know, not just reacting to things and just, you know, talking to the right people and saying, you know, can you take care of this? If you need help, I can walk you through it. Um, I can walk you through it and tell you the people you need to talk to. Right. And if it gets out of hand, then you, uh, you know, you can come talk to me. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and the mistake that you, you talked about, like that you might be, maybe not even characterize a mistake, but you might internalize it as a mistake or something you could have done better. Yeah, absolutely. Those, th those mistakes, those are legit mistakes. And this is what I think where we have some issues with mistakes. Some people, what they do is, they there's oopsies, like I just made a mistake. And then there there's right. things that where you, you didn't perform very well because you weren't prepared. Right. And then you try to right. say it was a mistake, right? And I'm like, right. That wasn't a mistake. That was that was you right. being unprepared. You were not prepared for whatever was going on right now. You didn't know the answer because you didn't study what you should have known, right? And then now you're at day seven where you should have known the stuff, you know, five, six days ago. And now there's a mistake, right? And they're going to call this a mistake when it was clearly an, uh, a little bit more than just a mistake. And that goes back to, you know, like, like talent, having talent is critically important. Mm -hmm. But having understanding those soft skills that don't require talent is important and one of those things is your effort right mm -hmm. so your effort is directly aligned with preparation mm -hmm. like my dad used to always tell me proper pre preparation prevents piss poor performance mm -hmm. right yep. so it, it's not about how smart you are if you put in the time and the preparation mm -hmm. and the effort to whatever task you're doing um you're going to do very well at it. Again, right. a lot of times us as leaders, we are not overly concerned with you might have said this, you might have said this the wrong way, or right. you might have handled this the wrong way. But a lot of times if we see like the effort and you giving 110% and you're passionate right. about whatever job you're doing, we typically can work with that. Matter of fact, right. we actually inspired to work with you because right. we like, you know, like you're into it. Like I don't have to like, get yeah. you charged up to get after whatever <laughs> task you're doing. Right. I just need to help you, you know, through our experiences, yeah. uh, help you get to where you need to be. Yeah. I don't know. What would, yeah. I don't know what would frustrate me more like than a person who's fully capable, but just lazy, you know what I mean? Like, right. like, you know right. what you're doing. You're just, you're just not putting in the effort. Right. And, and yeah. I, like, that's a character thing. And I remember, uh, 
General Trent Edwards said a while back in ATC when I came to visit for uh, I, I went over there for uh, a Manning assist uh, for some resiliency right. stuff. They were having some issues, and I remember he had said something. I know he probably said it multiple times, so some people in the audience probably heard him say it before. But he said, uh, "I need you to be your best, not just try your best." And you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, he, and, he, and he explained, and he was like, "Man, if you're not preparing Monday through Thursday, you know, and then Friday night lights come on, you could try your best all day." It's not going right. to be enough, right? But, right. If you, but if you prepared, you hit the pads, you ate well, you didn't go out drinking all night, you, you, know, you, you did everything right. you were supposed to do, like 99.9% of the time when the Friday night lights come on, you're gonna be, your best is going to be good enough, right? And if not, you can right. still be proud of yourself because you knew what you did. You, know, you knew you were prepared. Right. And I think that's, that's just a powerful, powerful statement. That statement is so powerful, man. And I got, I'm still in that one. I'm putting that one in the... Uh, <laughs> I'm putting that in uh, the Ronnie Woods uh, leadership <laughs> quote bank right now. You know, uh, because it's, it's important, you know, like I, I tell people all the time, it's, it's very important, you know, to focus on those skills, you know, that, that don't revolve around, you know, uh, talent, you know, and capability and focus on the things you can't control. You know, reality, mm -hmm. uh, your realities are your realities. Like you mm -hmm. have no control over the environment at times, you know, around you. And a lot of us, we get, you know, too caught up in the environment mm -hmm. instead of focusing on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, what can I do, you know, in this right. environment? You know, everything around me is like chaotic, right? Like, mm -hmm. every, like the, the world is just going crazy all around me. But even with the world going crazy, nothing's working out for me. I'm getting a lot of bad luck and all of these external factors. Like what does great look like mm -hmm. from your position? You know, right. like, like, like what does great look like? So in your situation, whatever way it's going, like how do you make your situation better and how do you be great from what, you know, you can control. And mm -hmm. I would tell you for me, I'm, I'm talking, but I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm preaching to the choir at times because I've been, I've been in moments myself where I was overly focused on external factors, right? You know, um, and and not focus more on the internal factors that you know I do control, and that's why you know a lot of times I'm communicating that. Like like we said, like one of the things we've been talking about, you know, is growing and learning from your mistakes. You know, mm -hmm. like like uh, us growing and learning. Uh, as we've been on our journey, yeah. you know, trying to inspire, you know, someone out there. Like I always mm -hmm. tell you, like my goal every day is just to inspire one person. Yeah. If I can just, if I can get one person, man, and I can just get them to be inspired to do whatever they're trying to do in life, then I feel like, you know, we've met our goal. And that's the things I tell people, like fo focus on what you can control. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I love that. And that's, you know, that's something that I try to, I try to live, you know, to that mantra and it's, and, and, you know, all of us slip up every now and then, man, I think, I think we'll find a way, we'll find a way to find some reason that something didn't work out, but you know, how we can get back on the saddle and realize that it's, it's about, you know, what you can influence, um, controlling what's within Absolutely. your influence. Right. And don't waste, you know, our energy is finite. Time is finite, you know, you know, right. spend all that right. on, on something right. you could like barely move the needle on. It's not even anything. You right. Can, you know? uh, yeah. That, that's, that's powerful. And I think when you're talking about, back to like talking about mistakes and all of those things, it's easy to go back and be like, all right, I made a mistake 
and I need to figure out what I can learn from that. I think there's also a lot of value in everything worked out right. But what did right. I learn from that? <laughs> because, you know what I mean? Because there's sometimes you'll be like, maybe I got lucky. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. So it's still doing after action report, regardless if it's a if it's a win or a loss, I think it's vital. Right. Growth mindset is, right. uh, is exactly what exactly, you know, um, mm-hmm. having that growth mindset, having even when everything worked out for you, mm-hmm. it's some things I could have did better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have needed two days to prepare for mm-hmm. this this briefing I got to give to this executive. And I only took one day and it worked out well. You know? right. But uh, I know in my mind that they was okay with it, but I know I only gave them 70%, you know, right. of me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the goal, you know, is to get there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, it, it's, you know, having that ability to never be satisfied, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's something that, you know, I believe like some people don't have like that drive. And, and that's one of the things like me and you have to be cautious on, you know, right. with us as leaders, because we are self-driven mm-hmm. and, and, and we're just we just intrinsically motivated to inspire others and be inspire ourselves mm-hmm. but everybody don't everybody's not like that right you know uh like when i was a young leader i used to try to make the next me <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you know through mentoring uh through some mm-hmm. of my leaders helping me grow and they like look yeah. i don't know if you really realize like you kind of be psycho crazy committed <laughs> at times and uh uh Everybody is not going to be like that. So, you know, as, as, we're, as, we're, as we're telling individuals, you know, to never be satisfied, I always do it with a little bit of caution. You know, celebrate right. your wins. Mm-hmm. Celebrate your wins. We don't ever celebrate wins. You know, mm-hmm. we see a win. It's a building block right. you know, for us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a building block for some. Some, you know, they get that. They put that next block on, you know, and they want to have a parade. And we like, mm-hmm. hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold up. That's a little bit too much. You're celebrating too much no, now. <laughs> like, like no, no parade yet, no parade. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but you're absolutely yeah. right. I think that's a great point for individuals. You know, even when you're successful, it's always some takeaways. Always. Because, yeah, you, you know, Ronnie, you and I have been in the game for a little bit. And we know right. that, that a lot of times senior non-commissioned officers in the United States Air Force – they can get out and become event planners. You know what I mean? Cause we, right. we do so many of these things where right? we organize and manage these programs and these, and these right. events. And, and then, so let's say like there's, there's a, a teammate that ends up chairing the air force ball, right? Let's just go ahead right. and say that. I know some people might be salty a little bit this year because you know, it's been canceled in quite a few places. So I, I don't want to bring up no bad feelings, but, but um, so you're in charge of the air force ball. And in the end, what I've noticed about, you know, 95% of the time, it's going to be a stellar event, right? It's going to be a stellar right. event because people are going to step in if it's not going right and we're going to make sure it happens. Uh, I've seen a couple bad ones. I used to say 99%, but I've seen some bad ones now. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know if all of them are like that, right? But, uh, but right. 95%, right? You're probably going to be all right. But did your team go through extreme distress to get there? 
because your leadership right. was poor, your management was poor, your communication skills was, was just substandard, subpar. And, and that's what I think, like, you got to look back. It's like, because you could sit there and be like, no, the event went good. You know, man, I got coined by the commander. You know, the command chief right. came by, you know, Chief Woods came by and said, this was a good job. But then right. like your team's over there, like, this was a terrible, terrible event. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, right. they're, they're, this is a rough go to get to this point. And I think those are the times where we got to be like, like you said, don't celebrate so much. Remember, look back and see what actually happened there. And you, you bring up a very valid point because, you know, again, self-reflection. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I look back on it, um, when I've done a lot of those planets, so I've done the Air Force Ball, I've, mm-hmm. done, I've done all the events. Name the event, you know, I've, I've right. uh, shared it. And you put so much work and it's so much stress mm-hmm. building up to the moment mm-hmm. when like you shut the lights off, you clean it up <laughs> at the end of the party. Yeah. You claim victory. Bro. Like and yeah. you claim and a lot of times what we don't do, because what we don't do is we don't all get in a room and yeah. be like, all right, it was a successful event. But for the next people who do it, what does right look like? You right. know, like what do we a lot of times Again, some some people do it, but right. most of the time, when you put uh, months and months of effort into something, mm-hmm. you kind of shut the lights off at right. the end. You know, you you get your coins from uh from the wolf chief and the wolf yeah. and the chief, the uh, commander, and you like, yeah. hey, cool, we good. You it's know, done. Um, yeah. matter matter of fact, a lot of times we don't even you don't you won't even have to plan like the people <laughs> who usually do it next year usually recreating the wheel. Right, and, and it's it's very cultural for senior non-commissioned officers, you yeah. know, as they as they doing these things, um, and 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 leading those things, it kind of happens with that. And, and while we're talking about uh, like those type of events, because I've I've been talking to a lot of senior NCOs about like event planning, so so mm-hmm. some senior NCOs kind of sour at the idea of you know like like doing these events. Mm-hmm. And uh, and getting outside of like their primary duties, you know, they get caught up in, you know, I have to focus on my AOR, focus mm-hmm. on, you know, leading and only leading in that area. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people, you know, when they're struggling with that is I tell them, you know, uh, to be the best leader you need to be, you need to show your organizational and mm-hmm. leadership skills in other ways, you right. know, um, Think about us as chief master sergeant. Think mm-hmm. about what we do. Mm-hmm. We're working with different wing agencies yeah. all the time, uh, whether that's on base, off base. We're building relationships with people that we don't work with every day. We're also, you know, divvying up resources, going through a lot of process and procedure improvements. Mm-hmm. And you do a lot of that doing event planning. You know, like, like those event planning things that I did prepared me you know, as an enlisted leader, you know, with taking care of my people. Yeah. Because now I know the importance of relationship building. I know the importance mm-hmm. of, of working with different agencies and being able to manage resources. Yeah. Um, so I, I tell people all the time, you know, we push our leaders to do those things because we want you to enhance your leadership and organizational skills. It's not about, you know, we want you to be a party planner. It's about being able to, you know, take those big events and be able to lead through them. 100%. Yeah. And I, you know, when I look at those things, that's project management, right? That, that you are managing right. a project or you're leading people towards a goal. And, and what I tell those folks too is, man, when you're, you're a senior NCO, 
you don't get the option to say I don't do windows anymore, right? You know, right. I, you know that's not that's not my thing. You, mm-hmm. you gotta be you you gotta be agile and adaptable to different situations, and those yes, things display that you have that growth mindset, the capability to do things outside of what you normally would do, right? It also right. shows that you can be a leader of peers, which is the most difficult, <laughs> you know, difficult leadership skill set to have is to lead peers. I know you're in it right now as a command chief, right? You gotta. Because, you know, the Chiefs, if they don't want to listen to you, it can make your life hell, right? But you've developed right. those skills and you earned their respect. So they're going to work with you. And those things you develop, you know, as you come up in professional orgs, working with people. So if you're just going to go to do it, to check a block, you know, you got to understand the reason why that, that right. we want you to do those things. Because it's, it's very important to me to see people be successful in those things. Because, you know, as a Chief, we don't sit in our... Uh, you know, in our silos and just do our mission. We do the wings mission now. So I need to see you can right. do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and don't get it twisted. You know, like some yeah. people do stay in the AOR and just mm-hmm. deal with only that AOR. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's their choice. You right. know, um, again, like I tell people all the time, don't do something that you don't want to do. Like, mm-hmm. like don't go out and pursue these things. Like if it, you really you know, don't want to do it. I actually, I actually legitimately enjoy working with other people towards the come and go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I've, like I've always like, like thrived off doing that. And again, you know, some people don't, you know, some mm-hmm. people, you know, want to do what they're comfortable with. And I always tell them that's a choice you're making mm-hmm. that you control again, your environment mm-hmm. and how, what does great look like from your position? You've made that um, conscious choice and understand that you're not being the best you can be and you might not achieve some of the individual goals that you're seeking out for so mm-hmm. you got to understand the realities of where you at yeah I, I i ask people to make sure that you're you're what you're saying you want is consistent with your actions so you know if you're going to say you want to be the wolf chief one day but you but you're going to say i don't do windows over here that, that's not consistent. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. not consistent. We got we got a problem. You got to be a well-versed leader. You can't be a one-trick pony. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you got to be able to do multiple things. And I'm and I'm, right now I'm in the arena. You know, even as I've had this growth mindset, that's still you're still learning. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and you're still growing every day. And I know a lot of people, you know, out there that really want to be there and, and that's my advice for them you know like open your mind look for new challenges and continue to grow yeah and you know we talk about it all the time and it becomes cliche but i think it's true you know we, we say we promote for potential we don't promote yes, for sir. what you've done right so what right. does that mean to me how i interpret that is you could be a badass at your job and doing what you're doing right, right now and that's why you got a very good evaluation but it doesn't necessarily mean you're ready for the next step it just, right. it means you're really right. good at what, at the step you're at right now. Right. But if you can show some right. growth mindset and ability to be able to adapt to different situations, because why would I, you know, if it was up to me, why would I want to promote somebody who's only going to be that flower that perfectly blooms in the right environment all the time? Right. Right. <laughs> right. You definitely, you definitely, uh, you definitely, you definitely don't want to do that. And you definitely want to, uh, see that potential. I think, uh, just, just, just even switching gears, you know, the, the topic of potential, Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things I tell you, Joe, that's one of the things like as a leader, like I've struggled with, you know, as I'm now uh, making uh, leadership decisions mm-hmm. affecting individuals career. And a big part of it is potential and potential mm-hmm. 
just the word itself, if you look in the Webster Dictionary, it's just a very subjective term. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like when, when you think about potential and like what Roddy Wood's version of potential might be different from, you know, right. someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being able to look at that and, and, and try to see through the future. I know like even when we're when me and you were young senior NCOs, someone somewhere at some point in the room was like, they're going to be ready for this in three or four years. Mm-hmm. They ain't ready yet, but mm-hmm. they're trending that way, right. you know, and they were right. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we, they were trending that way and they started pushing us that way, maybe even before we were even ready, mm-hmm. you know, but we were showing all of the requisite skill sets to, to be there, you know, in the future. Yeah. And, you know, that subjectivity is something that I've kind of had a paradigm shift on as well as a chief. I think when you're in the arena, like you're talking about coming up in the, in the Hunger Games arena, right? right. Coming on <laughs> up, right? When you're in that arena, you know, a lot of times I think my view and I have a very pragmatic view on things, you know, and try to be logical, rational and be able to defend decisions and, and everything in between. And um, the intangibles are very difficult, What were difficult for me um, to be able to wrap my yeah. head around and be able to explain. But now as a chief, I realize that character is not evaluated anywhere else besides yep. at my level, right? And, and if yep. I don't make the call, because we got a lot of paper tigers, people that look good on records for whatever Man. reason, and they're not showing that character, and I'm the one that has to make that call. And if I don't, and it may be subjective on my views, and you know, they put me in this position for a reason, right? Uh, and I try to be very honest and fair about it and provide feedback, but I got to make that call. You know what I mean? You look sharp on 15 bullets for the year, but a lot of people right. can look good for 15 bullets on the year. How come all your stuff was late and you showed up to work late all the time? Right. I mean, those are things that (laughs) I got to make that call. I got to make that call. Absolutely. I tell leaders all the time. They like, well, you know, he looked good on paper. She looked good on paper. And I'm like, well, then we why we why we even at the table talking about it? Right. That's like that's why we're here. Right. You know, because we need to add a little, you know, subjectivity to the conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. It's got to be some objectivity and and be objective about it and look at, you know, the facts. Mm -hmm. But it's also a percentage. I don't know what the percentage is. Like mm-hmm. in my mind, I think like fifteen to twenty percent mm-hmm. is just like actually how you see, you know, the individual, you know, perform. Right. And then last but not least, you know, once you do make those decisions, uh, you gotta live with them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, with those decisions that you make, you know, no regrets. You gotta live with them. You know, as I was going through. Uh, my journey as a leader and in the beginning, you know, when I was doing a uh, force distribution mm-hmm. uh, as a chief, when I was doing a uh, stratification, uh, I used to struggle with that. Sometimes I used mm-hmm. to go home at night and be like, man, you know, I'm, are, are we making the right call? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as, uh, as I continue to grow and get, get words of advice, words of encouragement from other leaders, you know, it was kind of one of those things like, like, you made your decision, you know, objectively, subjectively, mm-hmm. you use your gut, you use your brain and your heart to see like things that you value, like live with. Mm-hmm. Live with. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I think I just bring that up because the big thing for me is I realize that there's, there is value. There is a place for that subjectivity at that discussion. And, right. and, and, you know, I think some of the objectivity also comes from me, you and a bunch of other chiefs looking at these records and checking each other. 
you know what I mean? Right. But like, why, why you right. see that? Why you see that? You know what I mean? Th- those are the conversations that um, yeah. I think bring some of the objectivity as a group. Right. It's always yeah. good when a dynamic works well. I always like when I have like my opposite in those rooms, you know, like yeah. somebody who mm-hmm. like total opposite of me that I, right. I always feel like that's very important, you know, for someone to not see it like me so we can get to what right looks like. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Now, you know, I wanted to change gears a little bit because, yes, sir. you know, I was uh, posting a bunch of stuff I was doing and then you're giving me, give me some crap about it. <laughs> but I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to transition to self care. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I saw a video you did about self care and I think it's so powerful that we as leaders, when you say inspire, right? You know, and I, and I said it before and I said it a couple times on this podcast, but you know, there's a difference between impressing and inspiring, right? And, and impressing right. is you're trying to make yourself seem infallible and people, you know, you're trying to impress right. them because you're, you're always great. But, imp- and, and, you know, inspiring is showing people they can get there too. So you got to show that right. you're human. And I think, you know, I think it's awesome that leaders like you show that, you know, for one, that we're vulnerable, we make mistakes. But the other thing right. is that we are going to take time to take care of ourselves so we can pour into others. Right. Right. You know, when it comes to self-care and, you know, uh, like me even getting on you, mm-hmm. you know why. And the reason I the reason I get on you, uh, first and foremost, to take one to no one, you know, uh, <laughs> like, it again, you know, being so self-driven, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I speak from experiences with people with that, you know, like when I when I reflect in, and I don't give uh, those those uh, videos a whole lot of thought. I just mm-hmm. kind of shoot from the hip. Yeah, but it's really awful reflection because mm. I have struggled with self care my entire life. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like my entire life, I have struggled with it, and I try to uh, tell people to have that balance. You know, mm. because you need the energy to get after what you want to get after, but you mm. have to continuously replenish yourself. You know, and take care of yourself in a way that you do it. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of people recharge, you know, in different ways. I know with you, um, and this is my assumption, uh, you recharge through reading books, you know, mm-hmm. working out, uh, getting out, sightseeing, and then mm-hmm. doing things like that. It's kind of how you recharge. I recharge because uh, I'm so extroverted, like mm-hmm. 80% of the time. I recharge actually through introverted means. You know, mm. by being by myself and mm. just doing nothing, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I do that. And I have uh, probably the last two years of my life, I have gotten a lot better at that. Yeah. You know, I used to mm-hmm. work on weekends. I used to come home, answer mm-hmm. emails right. at 9, 10 at night. You know, uh, like last year when I was with my family, I started, I literally would turn my work phone off. Mm when I walked in the house. Like that's yeah. unheard of for Ronnie Woods. Right, right. <laughs> unheard of. I would uh I would turn it off and I wouldn't turn it back on until like five in the morning. You know, wow. when when my children would sleep, you know, uh just because, you know, I needed like, you know, that moment. And you know, and like even like with me, you know, like as as your friend, you know, giving you like some some mild jabs, you know, uh, <laughs> about <laughs> about, you know, like like your schedule. You know, it's just um, just just the importance of communicating, you yeah. know, to uh, the people that we inspire. You have to have a good battle rhythm of mm-hmm. getting after the things you want to get after while simultaneously 
making that time for yourself so mm-hmm. you can be the best version of yourself when you want to get after that. Now, you're in a very unique situation. Granted, you're in quarantine. Mm-hmm. But again, I know me and quarantine or not, I was like investing like 98% of my time yeah. into my individual goals and not yeah. investing a lot of time into, you know, um, me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So everybody, I just want to make it clear. I, I don't do this schedule down to the hour when I'm not in quarantine. <laughs> I, I was doing it to make sure that I didn't waste some time while I was in here because I felt it could be susceptible to uh, being in here. And then also, you know, get stir crazy, you know, not doing, not keeping yourself busy. So I did that. And then I realized that, um, you know, some people said that they were actually inspired by that and want to do a little bit mm-hmm. more. So I was like, okay. So, and I wanted to show people that hey, you don't have to waste your time in quarantine. You don't have to be sitting here right. just watching Netflix, which is cool if you want to watch Netflix, but you don't have to watch it the whole time. You know what I mean? There's, there's, mm-hmm. You can get after it still. So, yeah. So I think that's awesome, man. I, I love the discussions on self-care and man, you can, you can jab me any day, man. You're a brother of mine and I respect, you know, what you say. Here's the beauty though. Yeah. I don't know if others noticed it, but I did notice it. Mm -hmm. Like you took that feedback and you Mm -hmm. actually made some adjustments. Mm -hmm. Like, like, like I I felt like you did, Mm -hmm. like you was, cause you're not so self-centered. So when you feel like your way of doing things is the only way. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, I noticed like it wasn't much, but I did (laughs) notice, I did notice that, you know, you did, you you sprinkled in more things for you, you know, mm-hmm. like even in your daily schedule. And that's like, to me, like that, that humility and always having a growth mindset mm-hmm. is like what, what makes a leader great and inspires others. Cause it, it's not like, like one of your good friends jabs you about your schedule and you get mm-hmm. like defensive, you right, know, like you, right. you look at it and like, yeah, you're right, bro. But, uh, <laughs> it is what it is, man. It is what it is, you know. Um, and and yeah. go from there, and that's 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 very important, you yeah. know, for for us as individuals to be able to do that. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I, Keep I, grinding, I, bro. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, ain't no other choice, man. It's the only thing I know. <laughs> yeah. But man, I wanted to touch on one more topic before we start yeah. wrapping this up because I want to respect your time. Um, balancing humility and confidence i want to talk about that you know what i mean because there you know people think that you got to go so far into the humility but you can't no longer be confident with yourself or you know if you're confident you can't be humble and and they are not it's not a zero-sum game right so i want to i want to tell you a story i don't know if Mm -hmm. i told you the story before about me and you know confidence and humility so Mm -hmm. when uh I had went on a run in my career. I went on a run for the ages, bro. Mm -hmm. I basically went from like tech sergeant to like chief Mm -hmm. in like six or seven years. Mm -hmm. Like it was just like I was was promoting first time every time. I was winning all of these awards. Mm -hmm. I was everyone's number one. I was getting all the TDYs, all the accolades. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, was starting to go to my head a little bit mm-hmm. and I got some advice from I was a senior master sergeant chief select and I had one of the most important conversations of my life in my career I had a chief master sergeant call me and was basically was like dude what's wrong with you man like you like you just a self you you turned into a self-centered dick man mm-hmm. like 
all you're doing is on social media talking about yourself you're mm -hmm. not talking about your people no more mm -hmm. like you just doing you want accolades and, and, and this and this and the third mm -hmm. like you need to revector like you need to re-humble yourself mm -hmm. so you know it's a person i got a lot of respect for so mm -hmm. uh i kind of look back at like like the last two years of like just me and then i started scrolling like my timeline mm -hmm. and i was like you know what it's right like like i was like you know like he's right so i took that information and i started to re-vector and get back to you know the type of person that i wanted to be where you know i wanted to be confident in what i i do and I wanted, but I didn't want to be cocky, right? And I yeah. wanted to, uh, I wanted to inspire uh, others and show that humility, you know. But I didn't want to look like a weak-minded leader, you know. Right. So I had to really think about my approach because it's a tight rope, man. Mm -hmm. Like, like, like that confidence. You say one or two different words in mm -hmm. a certain way, and it turns into cockiness, right? You know, and that humility you know, you can say, or, or you just being very friendly and very open-minded about things can turn into uh, this individual doesn't want to make a decision or right. doesn't want to lead. And mm -hmm. it's a tightrope. And my personality, like, I've never seen a task that I didn't think I was the best. I'll just be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, right. <laughs> I, right. I ain't never been in a room full of leaders. And, 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 and certainly in my mind, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm the best leader in the room. So I have to consistently and constantly you mm -hmm. know uh kind of channel that energy in mm -hmm. uh and and walk that tight rope of uh being able to do that but that conversation i had with that that chief was like came at the right time because i was about to transition and to being a, a leader you know mm -hmm. a, a listed leader as a as a chief master sergeant mm -hmm. and it was critically important that i understood you know how easily you can fall into that trap of becoming overly confident, you know, right. to the point where the effect that you're trying to give, which is inspire and motivate others to be like you, turns them off and gives the opposite effect. Right. Where, you know, they're they're demotivated um, because, you know, they don't they don't really want to follow someone, you know, who was self-centered. And be mm -hmm. honest with you, I don't even know, like, uh, like reflect. I don't even know if other people felt like that, mm -hmm. but I did. Like mm -hmm. when, like when, when, when I looked at it, I was mm -hmm. like, this is not the type of person I'm mm -hmm. trying to be. So you know, I've made like a uh, some 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 mild modifications. Again, it wasn't even overly crazy. It was just really just mild modification on a perspective, and and going back to the kid who was the underdog mm -hmm. you know like like right. like i started out that's what drove me is the fact that i was the underdog like nobody gave me opportunities nobody gave me shot and then i and then and and trying to find that person and go back to you know mm -hmm. being that so yeah that's kind of my thoughts on that bro yeah you know I, I know i think you're right and i think that um you know just like what you said about you know how you feel about yourself the confidence that you have it, you know, I, I I tell people too, like, you know, when I was, people bring up promotion percentages or whatever else and they're like, oh, it's only 6%. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm in the top 6%, man. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, you know, and, right. and if, if I'm not, I'll, I'll, I'll humble myself and work harder, but I'm right. not, I'm not bothered by that number because I feel like what I've done 
has has put me in that area, at least in the in the discussion, right? And I think one of the things that I just remind myself is, and that's kind of some one of the reasons why I do really hard stuff. I do stuff that I, everybody's like, oh, you like to run on time. I don't like running half marathons. I do it because I know it's going to suck. <laughs> you know I mean? It's right, hard. I'm going right. to push myself through it. And I right. try to do things like that to keep myself humble because I think, you know, one of my, one, one of my mantras, at least I would say is, um, we should have the humility to be willing to do anything, but the confidence also know you can't. Right. And I think sometimes we have an issue with having humility because we have our, we let our own, you know, self-esteem get an issue. So, so I don't want to go plunge a toilet because that's going to make me look a certain way. It's like, no, plunge a toilet and you should be confident in who you are. Right. You have the humility right. to go do it and also be confident to know that you have that you are worth what you are and you're still going to go plunge that. Toilet, you know what I mean? And, and I try to live by that. I try to live by that. That's what keeps me grounded. And I tell you, man, at times I have to know how to dial that back a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, just talking to a lot of friends like yourself. I've never lacked humility. Either. Right. Know, I'm just a I'm just a uh, I'm a very. And I don't mean this in a negative way, you know, looking at myself, just I wear my heart on my sleeve, mm-hmm. positive and negative, mm-hmm. you know, like I wear it, you know, on my sleeve uh, and, you know, like getting feedback from people on, you know, uh, learning how to dial it back, when to dial it back. Because, you right. know, when you're, in, when, you're in, when you're in front of like 300 airmen, mm-hmm. they want that confidence leader. Right. They want that leader to say, this is what we're going to do and we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Like they, they don't, they don't want to hear, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, or yeah. I'm not sure, or right. I think they mm-hmm. don't want to hear that. Like mm-hmm. they want to, they want to see leaders who, who going to, you know, take the flag and say, let's go, let's go, let's go do what we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, you know, you talked about, there's a, there's really a thin line between where it goes from, all right, I'm confident because people want you to be confident. People want confident people. Right. But then it gets to the point where it gets arrogance. Now it's arrogance. And now people don't like, people don't like arrogance. Right. And then there's that middle area where people are just subjective and they want to throw in what they think it is, you know, going left. Yeah. But, um, but I think that humility plays a big part in balancing that out and and make sure that people know. And like I said, man, like I, there, there's ways you can practice humility to ensure that when you are confident, people don't think you're arrogant. Yep. Yeah. Arrogance, man. Uh, yeah. Like, again, I, like I said, I, I had a life lesson and, and, you know, confidence versus arrogance, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I thought it was critically important, you know, for me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to, to, to have that life lesson and for individuals out there who might, you know, be going on a similar journey, you know, uh, surround yourself with people who go, who go, who gonna check you on stuff like right, that. You right. know, uh, like surround yourself with those type of people because uh, you're going to go through life and and, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be what it what right looks like and mm-hmm. and take it in and, and understand that balance. It, it, it for me, it's a day to day journey. You know, right. uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's that's something that me as a leader, I'm constantly cognizant of it mm-hmm. you know and i give it a lot of thought a lot more thought than i think people even think i do i give it a lot of thought mm-hmm. in everything that i do you know right. um in terms of like externally how is it coming out because i the goal for me is to be a confident leader, right you know but not, not to turn into a cocky or arrogant person is something that you know it's a day-to-day battle yeah 
Yeah. And I think that's awesome that, you know, because I feel the, feel the same way, you know, and I think it's, it's real important that people understand that we have those struggles too. You know what I mean? Right. We, we have those struggles too and, and we're, we're dealing with it. But I think um, just having that, like I said, that baseline of understanding and humility, being, being open to right. feedback, being willing to internalize, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe the feedback's not even like valid, right? But you're willing to at least right. take it, consume it, digest it, see if it's is value added, and, and then you and then you deal with it how you want to. You throw right. it in the ocean, or you decide to do something with it. Yeah, you know, every feedback I get, you know, uh, ain't. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I I got to see how this person sees it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. We we yeah. still moving out. <laughs> right, right, right. We're still we're still going that way. Uh, yeah, yeah. You might have my best interest in mind, but I think I'm still going that way. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, yeah. And, and, and sometimes and sometimes it's legit. Yeah, you know, sometimes you know, like it's legit. And, yeah, and and it, it it can change. You know, like your perspective mm-hmm. on life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Man, Ronnie, it was it was fun talking to you again. I gotta be the first one to come on three times. Now, <laughs> man, you know, uh, yeah, but no. Nah, I enjoy it. I enjoy the way we do this. You know, like, be honest with you, bro. Like, we get on here and we learn from each other, you know, like, uh, and, and we we want people out there to be inspired by our conversations, you know, that we're mm-hmm. having. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I tell Joe, you know, I tell him I'm a shoot from the hip mm-hmm. type of leader. And, and you know, we, we might go down a few rabbit holes, you know, mm-hmm. to, to get our points across, but that's how I want it to be for our individuals out there. You know why? Because it's real. Right. It's not like it's real. Um, right. And I appreciate I appreciate you being flexible, Joe. <laughs> um, you continue uh continue to do your uh your super psycho regimen out there. You know, I think I think uh, how, how many how many podcasts you want to get done? Like twenty or something. Uh, uh, like that? Oh no, it wasn't that many. I think it was just eight. I'm already past that though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah you get there man i'm already uh, past that but yeah. yeah but hey man i can't i can't let you go though without a leadership rapid fire i know we we did it before but we got a four oh, new yeah, set of questions it. for you bro we got four four let's new questions it. all right what all you right. got all right what advice would you give someone who doesn't know which degree plan they should pursue i would tell them uh if they don't know what they want to pursue i tell them to go business uh, because business administration kind of covers it all. Yeah. You know, um, the only only reason I wouldn't advise them to go business administration is if they're going to master's degree and they have their uh, bachelor's degree in business. And I would advise them to go leadership. Okay. All right. Question number two. What tools do you use to stay organized? What tools do I use to stay organized? Mm-hmm. Um, I list. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm an old school guy. Like, like I like to write things down. Um, uh, on paper, kind of similar to what you've been doing, you know, yeah. like I write it down and, uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll give a little many details mm-hmm. and I like to follow that. I've been trying to transition that to like more electronic means. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to use the reminders application on my iPhone yeah. for right now. Just, just being a nineties baby, you know, yeah. I like the note, yeah. I like the notebook, the pad and the pen yeah. and, you know, having a regiment. Because if I write it down, I will get it done. If I'm just thinking right. about it in my head, uh, I will not get it done. Yeah. It's funny because I'm, I'm the same way. I'll use some of the uh, electronic type stuff to keep myself reminders and all that stuff. But um, I like to write it. And I discovered also, I don't know if I'm just a geek, man. If I get a nice notebook and a nice pen. Right. 
Oh man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, n- yeah. not 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 the military grade green book. I mean, like if no. I get a nice one, you know, then I end up yeah. I end up I end up being a lot more committed to to writing stuff down, so I can read it and all that stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying wait, and that and the notebook I use, uh, like that that thing is attached to my hip. I don't yeah. leave anywhere without it. I mean, yeah. even when I go to the gym, I'll usually yeah. have that notebook with. Yeah. All right. So you just talked about the gym, but uh. What is a daily ritual that keeps you centered? Walking. So my, so I walk, uh, I do two 15-minute walks per day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do one in the morning and I do one at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's critically important. That's critically important. Like if I can't get out for anything throughout the day, I got to mm-hmm. take that walk. And yeah. it goes back to that self-care piece because a lot of times I'm just thinking. It's like thinking time. It's, some, it's, uh, it's something when I'm not doing anything. And every morning, unless it's raining, if it's mm-hmm. raining, I won't do it. But uh, mm-hmm. every morning, I go take a 15-minute walk in the, at the beginning of my day and at the end of my day. Okay. All right. The final question. What legacy do you wish to leave? I just uh, uh, I want to be remembered as being real, man. Mm-hmm. Like real. Like, like what you see is what you get. Like I want to be remembered as somebody that was real and relatable. I don't care about none of the other uh, accolades or anything like that mm-hmm. you know like when a person is uh dealing with me or if I worked with me and being inspired by me I want them to be like you know he was solid the whole time he never compromised you know who he was as a person he was always real and anytime I dealt with him I knew I was getting his honest uh opinion on things that's mm-hmm. that's the legacy I want to leave like somebody is just real yeah uh, you live it, bro. Uh, you live it in your Crenshaw shirt out there with the commanders. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Keep it real. Yeah. Keep and remember who yeah. you're from, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I love it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's one of many reasons why I respect you. And I'm really grateful yes, to call you a brother, bro. <laughs> hey, same to you, bro, man. Let's keep inspiring each other. Let's keep taking these platforms and inspiring uh, other individuals out there. I hope you all enjoy it just as much as we do actually doing it. Yeah, 100%. Yo, all, to all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. As always, be safe, stay healthy, and the llamas are out.